This is Empathy Always Wins. And my name is Ali Salama. Ma'akum Ali Salama, yani in Arabic. So, you know, the Arabs listening to this are like, nah, this guy's too Western. But this show is all about merging mental health with leadership. This is the world's exclusive leadership and mental health show. And the purpose of really coming on is to have a meaningful conversation around, you know, what does it take to be a, a change maker in the 21st century? You know, we're living in a time where there are high levels of anxiety. There is certainly a high level and a high degree of ambiguity, you know, with working from home being the new norm and what does the future really look like? And it is, um, for lack of a better word, it is a very big challenge going into this next phase of whether you want to call it humanity or the professional um, career work life sort of if that even makes sense. But the reality is that we are here and we are here to stay and we need to make something great happen, whether we kind of like it or not, because the world is a, the world works in cycles. And just as there is a, a peak, there is a trough. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're nearly, I wouldn't say that we are at the trough, but we're, we're in a recession for sure. And, you know, for someone who is looking for a, a full-time position or, or for someone who is just a new graduate, that, is a, that doesn't know what to do. You know, we've, we have loans, we have debts we need to fulfill. The point is to not really diverge from the show, but the point here is to say that we need leaders to step up. And today I am beyond grateful to be here with a great friend of mine who goes by the name of Jonathan Andrews. I wanted to shine a light on this episode because Jonathan is one of the very few champions, I would say, in the Canadian youth mental health sphere. Um, Jonathan is a graduate of business entrepreneurship at Georgian College, where he gravitated towards sales and communication. Just a side note, Jonathan is also a great salesman, but that's not why I brought him here on the show. He is, his energy, first of all, is infectious. He is a very purposeful, driven human being, a man that is highly empathetic, He's taken a high-level education and his deep passion for the art of public speaking to now using his voice to remove the stigma across mental health. When he's not advocating for youth, you can find him writing poetry, gardening with his dad, and searching for a dance floor to embarrass himself on. Without further ado, this is an episode where we will be unfiltered with the one and only Jonathan Andrews, who I am extremely humbled to call a friend. And also for the record, Jonathan loves my friend Ash, who plays this song that we just listened to in the intro. And it's such a small world when uh, I bumped into Jonathan and, and we were listening to Ash together, only to know that the change that you can make from a bedroom um, can really surpass your wildest expectations. My friend Ash started around, you know, a couple of years ago, and today he has over 600,000 monthly listeners. And Jonathan happened to be a friend of mine that I met in the mental health sphere here, only to know that one friend is a producer and one friend is the consumer in this sphere we call Spotify or whatever YouTube or whatever that may be that you may produce something meaningful to the world, it can impact people that are so damn close to you that you have no idea how small this world is and how 
small sometimes you think you are when in reality you can really 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 be a lot bigger than you think you are and that example why I tied Jonathan with Ash just blew my mind because I realized that this work that we're doing right now to anyone that's listening to us right now you can seriously seriously make a great impact and only when with a story like that could you realize that holy wow this is a world where I want to exist in. So let's hop into our conversation with the one and only Jonathan Andrews. Jonathan, Jonathan, how are you? First of all, I want to say thank you for being with me today. See that energy switch from like hitting record? That was it. <laughs> You're quick, man. Lights, yeah. camera, action. This guy's on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Um, yeah, to be here. there's 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 a lot I want to get uh, talking to you about. I think that first of all, many people don't know um, who you are. So before we get into you know um, anything, uh, let's take a minute or two to to really talk about or, or what's something that you want to tell our listeners. Who who is Jonathan Andrews? Um. Most of your listeners are are where in in the GTA in Toronto? Or are they in uh, Middle East or Mid- everywhere? Middle East, okay. GTA, USA. Yes, for those of you that want to pull up a, a Google Maps, I live in <laughs> Toronto, Ontario. I actually hung out with Ali a couple of weeks ago, so we got to hang out in the city. And uh, I moved to Toronto in 2016. And I I think just the way I'll start this off is by saying like I like to think a lot about showing up. Um, for the appointments in my life and knowing that like I need to be there and I need to show up so that opportunity can come to me. Um, I was about to graduate from Georgian College. I was at that school for business entrepreneurship. And right before I graduated, I didn't really have any plan for what I was going to do after school. The only thing that I thought about doing was something that you do, Ali, which is uh, I wanted to be a public speaker. I thought I had a, a message that I could share from my experience in high school about experiencing depression. And I know you and I have connected on that a lot. And so I thought about, you know, how could I do that? And uh, I went to an extracurricular event. It was in downtown Barrie, for anyone that knows where Barrie, Ontario is. But, <laughs> wow, uh, are you legit? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Georgian college in Barrie. Wow. And, um, and, and the, the big thing that I wanted to just share is that I went to this event to get some feedback and mentorship for this public speaking business I wanted to start it. It was like, imagine speed dating, but for mentorship, you got to spend like a couple minutes with every, every mentor. And uh, I got there and uh, I saw the host and I decided to go talk to him. So I wanted to meet him. And he was standing beside this guy. He was like tall and lanky and he was wearing these like ripped jeans. And he actually had a chain that was like on his belt attached to his wallet. And I, that's why he stood out to me. Cause I was like, I've never seen someone that had an actual chain that wasn't in movies. He intimidated uh, you, eh? He intimidated you. Yeah. It was just like, he just like, it was a unique style. And, um, and the funny part is like, I'm 21 years old. I'm about to graduate from school. I don't have a lot of self-awareness. I probably didn't have a lot of empathy at that time <laughs> in my life. And uh, I just like interrupted this conversation these two were having. Cause I wanted to talk to the host, Chad. And I like interrupted them and like, the guy basically, the one with the chain, he basically just left. I talked to, to Chad. And then when I got to go into the speed dating, the speed mentorship, um, the man that I had interrupted was at the very end. 
And so I'm going around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to actually talk to this guy. And uh, right before I met him, the event ended. And I say goodbye to Chad. I didn't think I was going to meet this guy. And I'm leaving. And at the door, he stops me and he says, hey, kid, are you looking for a job? He's like, I like your I like your attitude. I like your tenacity. We're looking for salespeople in Toronto. And at the time, he, he was the, the CEO of a company called Maintenance Assistant. They had just received a large amount of funding. And I ended up working at that company for four years. And it just, it just reminded me to just, like, just show up in my life because that was extracurricular. I didn't have to be at that event. Uh, it, had nothing to do with my, it had nothing to do with my program. It was something I saw in the school and they said, hey, if you want some mentorship, this is a good place to go. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I, I want to show up for myself in my life so that opportunity can come to me. And that was, a, that was a huge learning lesson for me early on in my career. And I'm really grateful that I showed up at that event and that uh, Mark Castell, CEO of Maintenance Assistant, uh, said hi and wasn't pissed off that I interrupted his conversation. <laughs> That's, 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 that's a huge lesson. I think that, uh, you know, we're, we still haven't gotten to the sort of uh, meaty part of uh, our conversation, which is all around, you know, volunteering. You, you do quite a lot of, of, of extracurricular and we're going to go into the initiative you started, which is a circle, circle up. Um, I was just about to say circle K and it's like circle K. <laughs> circle K. What are you, what are you thinking? Are you hungry? Uh, hey man, was, we could do some new branding. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it depends what our tar- target demographic needs. Yeah. Oh my. You're the marketing guy. You're the marketing guy. So, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna screw up here, but yeah, like you, 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 um, you do have a lot of charisma. You, you have succeeded in sales and one thing that you know stands out to me is is that you are like you are a very strong man like you you know a lot of people maybe hearing listening to you are are thinking you know he he went through depression really like what this doesn't make sense i thought depression looks in certain ways so i want i want i want to talk about a little bit about you know mental health you 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 work a lot with men's mental health let's take it a little bit back let's step a little bit back and talk about you know your interest when it came to making a difference um you know many 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 of us here want to see a different world right we we maybe grow up in a world where whether it's you know female you know empowerment gender equality whatever that may be is climate change we think holy yeah, shit like infinite it, amount of challenges and issues there are it's it's ridiculous and you know when i hear your story you want to be a public speaker you went to this event um but you did take a couple of steps, you know, despite you securing a full-time, you know, a job, getting into sales, doing amazing. How can someone balance giving back? And, and how did you start that giving back journey? Because, you know, for someone like me, maybe I do it f- full-time and, you know, I'm finding my way through it, but that's not really reasonable for everybody. So, and you've managed to really do a great job at making that, you know, something secondary, but still primary in terms of impact. So how can you, mm. how can you talk about that a little bit from your Jack, uh, from, from, from Jack.org and, and, and from what your journey has been? Yeah, there's a lot of places I could go with this. I think the the number one thing that comes to mind is my my dad's example. My dad was a police officer for 30 years. And so he was always in the community and he was always in service. The funny thing about our relationship is he didn't have me until he was in his 50s. So he was actually, he retired the year before I was born. So I never saw him as a police officer. But when he retired from the force, he ended up 
joining community service in Toronto. And so he was always working on some problem, some challenge, some issue in the community that he wanted to, and his team wanted to make a difference on. So I had that example and, and he's a, he's a happy guy and he's a, and he's a successful man. And when someone's happy and healthy, you know, you should probably listen to what's going on in their lives. <laughs> and, um, and when the focus I found for myself personally, like, you know, the listeners will have their own experience and I know Ali, you have your own experience, but when the focus becomes about me, 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 uh, your problems magnify, they really get bigger. Um, and you, you start to have conversations with yourself about how challenging things are. And from my personal experience, anytime that I've been in a position where I was giving back, anytime where I was in a position where the thought of my personal benefit was secondary, there's definitely benefit. Like there's no shadow of a doubt in my mind that when I go to speak at a high school about youth mental health um, with Jack.org, you mentioned Jack.org as a, as a charity for youth mental health education. When I go speak to that school, there is a ton of benefit for me. Yeah. I'm becoming a stronger communicator. I'm learning public speaking skills. I'm developing my network, but it's, it really is secondary. And when I put the, the mission and when I put the purpose first and not me first, my problems don't seem as big, man. Yeah. They don't, they don't, I'm not confronted the same way. It reminds me of, um, early on, uh, when my parents started their first business, it was like after my dad had been, like I said, he was a police officer for 30 years. He'd never been a business owner. He was always employed. He was always working for the government. Um, he started his first business and the, the big advocacy that they had was to do personal development which is anybody listening to this podcast is doing personal development. They're, they're actively disciplined in trying to improve themselves. And one of the speakers who I loved most, his name was Jim Rohn. Yeah. And he's a lecturer. You can check him out on YouTube. He died in like 2009. Tony one Robbins of his big, mentor, eh? That's Tony Robbins mentor. Yeah. Tony Robbins was in the room um, during Jim Rohn's early seminars. So you could see how like, the people today that are making the biggest impact in the whole world were mentored and influenced by this guy. So if you want to go back to the source, you want to go back to Jim. He said, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And so I was always thinking, what did that, what does that mean for me? And uh, giving back, making a contribution, volunteering for a cause you care about all of those things was me working harder on myself than I did on my job. Like you said, I worked for this company for four years in sales and I was always doing my job in sales, but I was, I never forgot that it was important for me to, to give back and to work on myself through the process of trying to make a difference. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. I think in today's day and age where we're so busy, um, that's just a neck that's, if anything, that's an example to show that, you know, when you prioritize what is important, there's always going to be time for, for things you make time for, because, um, it just is the way it is. And I think it's it's quite incredible to see that um, men like you, and that's sort of where we're going into this conversation. How can, you know, uh, men can prioritize important things. And it's not just the women that are using their voice for change. And it's, you know, we live in a patriarchy and we live in, we have, you know, the you know, the upper hand in so many ways because of the way the system is set. But that doesn't mean that we, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't make use of it, if anything, because mm -hmm. if anything, we have to also push for change, right? So my question here is, uh, you've now, 
you know, after speaking at, you know, Jack the Organ, after getting so much experience from this incredible uh, youth mental health charity, you've decided to now start a, an, a collective, uh, uh, your own circle, circle up. Now, mm-hmm. how has that changed the way you've, you, you've seen yourself? Because it's one thing to, to volunteer for someone else's charity, but it, how, how has Jonathan felt different from making his own impact under his own sort of, you know, ideation? How did that come together? Because I think that listening to you right now, if I were in a position where, you know, I didn't have empower, I would be like, well, dude, how did you come up with this? And how did you follow up through with this? And, and, and how has this even changed you? And, and, and how do you feel right now? Oh shit, man. <laughs> well, I, first of all, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, circle up is something that started early in 2020 and I could talk about the origins of, of doing that. Um, I will say today we're like nine months into our programs and it is not just me and it's not just my vision anymore. And it's not just, uh, all of the, the hours that I put in, we actually have dozens of men that contribute and volunteer and steer this ship. And so I've had to let go of a lot of, this is how I think things should go and be more open-minded to, you know, um, you know, how do you think this should go and what's best for the community? And so, you know, my ego has had to take a side step and think about the community as a whole. Um, I think if you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, how does someone get involved in something like this? Or how do we, how do I start something with something I'm passionate about? I would ask your listeners to ask themselves first and foremost, what is your purpose? What is your mission? And, and virtually everyone that I asked that to, um, no fault of their own, really, I don't think, because I never was taught any of this stuff in school. Yeah, right? it was only <laughs> by it was only by going into the books of the Jim Rohns and, and the Tony Robbins and those men's where you could start to see these themes come out, which is a man that's really happy and successful is someone that's purpose driven, someone that's mission driven. It's not just about money. I know meeting you that I know it's not just about money because you really just are like committing your whole heart and your whole spirit, your whole energy and your whole being into uh, trying to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully the money comes. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, it's not really about thing. that. It has, to, it has to come when you're really doing something um, out of your heart, you know, it, to expect it to come right off the bat. That isn't yeah. the smartest thing. And we'll talk about that later on, sure. but like, I don't want to diverge from, yeah. from your point around purpose. Yeah. I think again, coming back to the idea and, and hopefully the, the repetition really nails at home, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you don't have a job and you're a student listening, work harder on yourself than you do on your, on your biology class or whatever class it is. Yeah. Because if you're going to be someone contributing to making a difference in the world, there's a skill you need and it's called leadership. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's exactly a, what this show's about. Like it is, it's, there's a reason why youth leadership is now, I think in youth development is so important because, you know, we are the people that are going to change the world and believe it or not, that may be a big claim, but it is a, a real claim, believe it or not too. So I, think I agree, that, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. Empathy's, I think there's a couple things that go into leadership. Like it's, it's, you know, nuanced and complex, but there's communication skills. Yeah. Right. There's empathy. There's people skills. 
right? Being strong with developing relationships. And then the third one is taking action. Yeah. And then those all equate to being a leader. And so when you know what your purpose is, and here's the thing is like, there's a lot of people asking themselves that say, you know what, I don't, Jonathan, Ali, I don't know what my purpose is. And the point is, is not to feel like you need to have pressure on yourself to know what your life purpose is now. The point is, what's your purpose today? Yeah. Because it evolves and it changes. And here's why it's important to focus on your purpose now is because let's say one day it does hit you over the head and you do, and you say, wow, this is my life purpose. This is something that really gets me excited. If you don't have any leadership skills, you're not going to be able to make much of a difference. Yeah. Whatever you're, whatever you care about today should be the thing that you're becoming a strong communicator around and developing empathy around mm. and develop and, you know, taking action on so that one day, if I do show up one day at my, my ultimate purpose alley, which I don't know what that is. All I know is my purpose right now is men's mental health. Yeah. I'll have those leadership skills I need to be able to actually make a difference in those things. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, 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 that's, 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 <laughs> that's incredible. And I think, you know, something that, uh, <laughs> that's very hard, uh, you know, it's very easy said than done is taking action, man. A lot of, a lot of times, you know, it, it it's frightening. It's scary. And, uh, and dude, like even for me, you know, even doing more podcasts and, and, and asking just people to, you know, rate and subscribe, not mm. for me, it's for this, for the value I believe this show is offering. Sometimes taking action is difficult. Selling is, you know, it, and sometimes yeah. you just need to understand that that is, that is part of the growth. That is part of, that is part of you getting better because I think that, you know, you can read, you can listen to as many podcasts as you like. You can, you can, you can listen to this podcast about taking action as many times as you like. But if you don't take a little baby step forward tomorrow into whatever that is, hell, it could even be as much as 10 push-ups. you know, if you want to, mm. if, if you want to increase whatever muscle, you know, it just starts by taking action and whatever that action size may be, you will feel empowered, even if it's just writing a plan for what it is, but by taking a little bit of an action every single day. And there's a book called the compound rule or compound effect. I can't believe what yeah, it is. Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy. Yeah. Compound effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. It just shows you the impact of little small things every single day, consistent actions, small consistent actions lead to great, incredible results. I think that's Sam's, Sam also says that, <laughs> Sam Demma. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's a there's an idea in the book um, called The Compounding Penny. And the guy, the guy asks, he's like, would you rather $3 million today, cash, I'll give it to you right now, Ali, or would you rather one penny that doubles every day for 31 days. And most people would be like, just give me the cash, man. Um, but the power of compounding, the power of, like you were saying, Sam Demma's idea and, and what he shares with the world, his principle of small consistent actions is after 31 days of this penny doubling, it doesn't seem like much for after 15 days, after 20 days, but on the 31st day, it's worth $5 million. Yeah. And and I think that's a concept right there that 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 we need as youth that may not see that change that we want to see right now. Persistence, my friend, is I think the thing that many people don't see behind the scenes of what you and I do. Um, mm -hmm. But patience and 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 especially in the instant gratification world we live in, where we need the likes, we need the follows, we need this. 
dopamine rush, like this high that we get on because we can't really stop ourselves from feeling whatever it is. And dude, I'm not making fun of myself or anyone listening to us. We are programmed. We 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 were brought up on BBM notifications. We buddy, we, we, we I got the smartest people in the world building those things. So you spend as much time as possible on it. Exactly. So this is this is in a way very, very, very frightening. But in a way, we also have to joke and be light about it because yeah. we need to understand it and we need to know that um, the only way to truly take control of our lives is by understanding that, first of all, first and foremost, being different than the norm is very hard because it's very easy to spend time scrolling. It is very easy to just watch, consume. What is very hard is taking action. And I think, Jonathan, um, this this, need, this leads me to my next part on men's mental health. You've dealt with so many, you know, all kinds of people that, you know, identify as a man. Um, how, what did you learn? Like, what, what, how can we, how can we best tackle the, you know, you know, this, the second pandemic or epidemic around men's or mental health in general, especially when it comes to men and shame and vulnerability, you've, you know, you've created a platform around, you know, circling up and, and, and creating a safe space. Now, when we talk about safe spaces, that's just a, a coin word. Yeah, it's a safe space. Well, what is a safe space, man? Like, how can you, someone listening to us has a male friend that's always shutting out and always, you know, isn't really, isn't there. How can you, how, how can you create a space where he, where they can feel there and be heard and, 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 and truly support someone? Those are great questions, man. Well, as men uh, and, and, and humans as well, like people, when we're confronted with things that make us uncomfortable, we tend to deny, deflect, and avoid, right? And so if I'm, uh, like, as an, like as an example, the times where you're least likely to have a conversation about what you're going through and how you feel is when you're most sad, most anxious, most depressed. And that's when you need it the most. Mm. And so there's this, there's this real conflict of interest where the more depressed I feel, the less I want to talk about it. Yeah. And so what our responsibility is, is to number one, to share with people and share with men that everyone has mental health. Everybody. The statistics right now show that one in five people will struggle in a, in a given year. So one out of five people will struggle, but inherent inside of a statistic, like one in five is that five and five have mental health. So there's, there's a couple pieces. It's like, let's, let's talk about the conversation, which is let's educate each other that we have mental health, AKA it's the same thing as my physical health, except for my thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So yeah. if my behavior changes, like as an example, I don't go to hockey practice anymore. I don't go to hockey anymore. then that's a red flag for my, my friends. You know, it may just be like, I decided to, play guitar instead of play hockey. But if hockey is something I'm really passionate about and all of a sudden I'm not showing up anymore, that's a sign. That's a flag for my friends to say, Hey man, what's going on? And, uh, and now a safe space, the point of circle up is where men can come where people can come and they don't feel like they're the only one going through shit. Yeah. Because they're not. We all have our own baggage. We all have our own traumas. We all have things that we're struggling with right now. Mm. And so um, a safe space means a couple things. It means confidential. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's probably the most important word to use 100%. is Ali. If I share something that I'm going through with you, uh, I, I need to be able to trust that it's confidential okay. that I'm not going to find out that three of our other buddies know about this thing that I told you. Yeah. And so hopefully um, the listeners can, you know, if you're going to have mental health conversations, both sharing it with others and getting it from others and being there for someone, you know, respect them enough to, to keep what is said confidential. And there's a caveat with mental health. Uh, there could be crisis situations where I might tell you something like, Hey man, I've been thinking about taking my own life and conversations like that is where we would involve a professional. Yeah. So if you called the professionals that, Hey, my, my friend's talking about taking his own life. That's where, um, you know, confidentiality, uh, there's room for being of service to me to intervene being of service. Yeah. Yeah. Intervene right? to because make sure you're protected in a crisis situation. I'm not in control of my yeah. thoughts or my, or what I'm going to do. And yeah. I need to know that, that I've got men like you who are going to be able to take care of me and count on, and I can count on in that situation. So yeah. um, long answer, safe space is somewhere that's confidential. And I don't feel like I'm alone. Like I know everybody else has their own challenges and I can bring them there. Just talking about it makes me feel, I don't need people to solve my problems, but just sharing it and getting it off my chest. It's like a monkey being lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. And it's also important, Jonathan, to know that friends can be safe spaces. Friends can be safe spaces. You absolutely you, know, you can start by being the safe space that you wish you had because it's a reciprocal thing. Um, one thing I, I like to do, and I, I probably don't really I've never really shared this before, but you know, every every period of time, you know, I have someone on Instagram that DMs me and you know, I give them I feel like I trust them enough. I give them my personal cell and then we, I FaceTime them and, you know, nine times out of 10, they are women, girls, especially like that are 17, 18. And I just call them on FaceTime audio. They're mainly in the Middle East. They just speak. And when they speak, you know, the stuff that they say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how, first of all, they feel relieved second of all how could they be living with all that baggage and not have that said to anyone else and when sometimes you realize that they live with family members and they have friends and their friends nor family member know nothing that you as a stranger just because they trust you for whatever credibility that you have right it sometimes gets it gets scary to realize how much of a difference you can make without even realizing it. Not because you are just a friend. If you see somebody, if you just by being there and, you know, Jack has those five rules and, you know, be uh, uh, the five golden rules of being there. So we, yeah, your we, listeners can actually go to be there.org. Yeah. Be there.org. B E T H E R E.org. If you're interested in learning what the five golden rules are, which is basically what you're doing for those, those people, you have those conversation alley. It's like, this is a place where you can share whatever you need to share. And having empathy means like, instead of me saying, Hey man, uh, I hear what you're saying, but you know, it's not that big of a deal or Hey man, I hear what you're saying. Uh, just man up, bro. No, um, but sometimes hearing them is therapeutic because it, sometimes, that's exactly what it is. Sometimes the point that I'm trying to get across isn't me being a hero. It's that anyone can be a hero by, yes. by just being, 
there to listen without judgment. And this is to me what a safe space is. Um, a safe space can be a human being, a a space, a, you know, whatever that is that you feel comfortable. And I think that, you know, given that this is a, a leadership and mental health show, I think it's so important to realize that, you know, even if you are a leader, even if you are a dad, even if you are a mom, even if you are leading something incredible in your life, you you deserve to to have somebody that will be there for you because whatever it, it is that you're taking on or whatever it is that you're going through, um, it I think I think you need to know that you're valuable, um, despite whatever that you may think or you tell yourself. And that's something that you know. Sometimes we feel that we we don't really we're not we're not our problems aren't really that big, or we can live with it, or or whatever that is that we tell ourselves to to play ourselves down. And that's a message that you know, um, knowing that the safe spaces are out there, knowing mm. that you know, with what Jonathan you've said about you know, uh, keeping confidentiality, you can trust as long as you can trust someone, um, you can you can really share that. Uh, you can share yourself with them, and 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 I think that if anything from personal experience as a man who has gone through a very, 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 very difficult depressive phase. Um, it was a friend of mine who, who, you know, was, was, was there for me every single day. And that, that truly was transformational. So one thing I want to ask you, Jonathan, right now is, can you talk a little bit more about um, your personal experience about, you know, going what you've, what, what you've gone through and, and how had, how, you know, has, has that played any, role in you feeling the way you feel today as, as a leader? I feel really, um, I feel really grateful that I found Jack.org because I experienced, uh, I was medically diagnosed with clinical depression in 2011 and I didn't understand why I went through what I went through until I was engaged with the work that Jack.org does, which is essentially mental health education. So I learned a lot about um, how to be there for yourself, how to be there for other people. I learned a lot about the causes of mental health uh, and mental illness. And I found out that it's very complex. There's not one single thing that causes somebody to, to feel depression or have anxiety. Um, so for myself uh, personally, um, I had a, a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. I had a, a close family friend that took their own life. And I remember sitting down in the library of my elementary school and my teacher sat me down and he said, this is, this is what happened. And I was totally blown away. I couldn't believe it. Um, I didn't know what to think. I like literally said to myself, like, how could this happen? I just saw, I just saw him. Um, so there was that. And then you transition into high school and transitions are challenging for a lot of people. It's typically time where you need to make a lot of new decisions and I'm now in high school and I just had this traumatic experience and uh, the easiest way to describe it Ali is I didn't take care of myself I didn't develop the tools to take care of myself um, I started hanging out with the wrong people which is a I started huge 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 thing for, for yeah my, my my environment I was at the wrong wrong folks they were doing drugs and they weren't going to class and uh, I stopped playing sports. So I was basically not exercising. Um, you know, I wasn't eating the right foods. Now that I remember it, I was eating like 
chocolate chip pancakes every morning for breakfast and like eating granola bars, like four or five, six of them every day when I came home from school. And this, this type of behavior where you really change your behavior, stop hanging out with the right people, um, stop doing sports, um, eating wrong foods, not exercising. And then the big one that was really messed up was my sleep was totally screwed up. I remember getting a laptop for the first time. I would literally stay up until like one, two, three AM. And then when my alarm clock went off at seven in the morning to go to school, what was I thinking that I wouldn't be tired when it was time to wake up? Like I didn't know what sleep hygiene was. I didn't know how to how to how that seven hours was really important for my brain. Like you don't know those things. And so I just like I looking back, I am pretty, I'm not hard on myself for Mm -hmm. going through what I went through because there was a ton of factors that all impacted my mental health. And, um, I'd say the biggest one is I didn't have a sense of direction. Yeah. No, and that's so important. It's so important listening to you right now. I think we can all relate in some way, shape or form, right? We can all relate to whether it be poor sleep hygiene or whether it be the wrong decisions that, you know, we did not know we're going to turn out the way that they uh, did in terms of having an impact that impact that they did have in our lives and you know uh, it's funny that you say that and, and 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 i can definitely tell you that from hanging around the wrong people in my life after you know doing after swimming you know i started smoking and doing a lot of things and you see me when when, when you see me and you don't you wouldn't think oh wow like i see you right now and i wouldn't have ever think that you hung out with people that did drugs but this is your story and and i think that it's so important to realize that there is another narrative and you have control over that and as someone who is looking to make a change and looking to seriously just try to live a better day this is this is something that is a a baby decision away and um yeah i just want to say thank you so much for sharing that 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 that's something that you know i need to honor personally because it's uh you know, this show's all about empathy and and how that's a winning factor in, in life, business, professional life, and, and in personal life. So um, with that being said, I... Got it, man. Yeah, I, I'm just going to leave the, the floor here for you for... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're giving me the... You're passing the baton over again, so I appreciate it. Just like some things, so many things come to mind. It took six months of bad decisions and essentially not living in accordance with my nature... Right. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't have any self-awareness. I'm like 13, 14. Like, what, what do I know about my brain is still developing? Like there's a, there's a lot of reasons why um, we need to have really good support structures in place for young people. There's a lot of reasons why community is super important. It takes a village to, um, you know, to raise a, to raise a, a young person. And the thing that I remind myself is to just meet myself where I'm at before I take myself where I want to go. Yeah. Right. So we talked earlier about leadership and volunteering and taking action. Like the actions today that make me nervous. Um, you know, if, if I looked at it when I was 16 years old and I was diagnosed with clinical depression, I would have never thought I would have been able to take any of those things, uh, do any of that stuff. Um, and so I like to think to myself and I want to ask your audience is like, is your life a comedy or is your life a tragedy? And the answer to that question has nothing to do with what happened in the past. And it has everything to do with what you do today. Because if I start to make progress in a positive direction, then everything that happened 
is all going to be a comedy. I'm going to look back and laugh because I'm going to say, because of what I went through, I was able to find Jack the Rourke. Yeah. I was supposed, I was able to speak to students about my experience. I was able to find, um, men's teams and men's circles and confidential spaces and grow. Um, if I was taking, making decisions today, the same way that I was making decisions when I was that 13 year old, 14 year kid, um, my life would be a tragedy. A hundred percent. So I think, I think we all have that power is to choose now, choose today, and it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and I, and I think the great part about you as a leader, Ali, is like, if your listeners are listening and they, and they really feel overwhelmed with the next step and they really feel overwhelmed with the next action, they can genuinely reach out to us and we will, we'll be there. Yeah, no, and I will put your, your, your contact information in the show notes below, but you know, it's, it is a very important point to say that, you know, and even before the, you know, even before hitting record today, I was talking to you about like, you know, I'm still figuring things out. I'm, we're all figuring things out. And I think, no matter how many, you know, you know, no matter how much you think someone has their shit together, um, this is a podcast where, you know, I'm, we're both trying to really put as much value and make as much of a difference. And, you know, that doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, Definitely you're going on a trip so soon to, you know, people, I think it's, it's, it's okay to understand that you don't need to be somewhere to start doing something. And that's something that, you know, I'm picking up from what you're saying here is, is, is start from where you are at. Because uh, this is the thing that relates to what I would say self-compassion is being empathetic with yourself. Uh, every key successful person um, understands themselves very, very, very accurately. And in the process of doing that, I believe you truly get to connect with others on such a deeper level because self-awareness is a is, is like a mirroring game you can you can give better advice you can do that whatever that is better you can understand why this pattern is repeating in your life why you know those behaviors why you're picking up smoking every single while again why you're breaking up in the same type of way why you're doing this because everything is is subconsciously in our minds and until you master your mind which takes a lot of discipline and i, and I think that's what you know you're talking about here when you talk about leadership and action Sometimes this action is is inner work and sometimes it's not going to look pretty. And sometimes it's really going to require you to, to sit down and journal and get uncomfortable thoughts that scare you out so that you can, you know, take a laugh at it. But yeah, I re, you know, a lot of things you said here rang a bell, rang a bell with me. Well, let me say this the, in terms of, um, you know, mindset being everything. I couldn't agree more if you're taking action like let's say you're like genuinely taking tons of action massive action but you're doing it on the foundation of a negative mindset or a toxic mindset um you won't get very good results in fact you may be digging yourself a bigger hole um and that reminds me of another thing jim Rohn said he said um, personal development is learning to set a better sail he said imagine your life as a boat the wind of life what's going to happen happens to about everybody Trauma, struggle, difficulty. It happens to everyone. The difference is how you set your sail in that wind. And mm -hmm. you, what you said, Ali, mindset. That is what setting a good sail, uh, doing the personal development, reading the books, listening to the audios, doing the self-work, like you said, and yeah. the journaling. And why do I keep making the same mistake? Why do I keep falling into the same pattern of addiction? Um, you know, that, that is the work. That is setting a better sail. 
And that's, that's timeless. I mean, that's ageless. That is, you know, someone who could be 40 listening to us right now could be thinking about those patterns. Like, what, why did I have two divorces? You know, is it, and sometimes, you know what, man, it's not bad to admit that the fault is within your capacity to change. It's not within you because that's not what I, how I like to think of it. Like I'm the, I'm the faulty one. No, the, the fault is in the capacity that I can change because it's a behavior that I'm choosing. And I think, you know, a lot of that. what we're, a lot of what we're talking about today is, is all about, you know, change, having the power to change. And I think taking ownership, taking ownership and, 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 and something that really, that I want to stress upon and, and, and bring to light is that you and I have both been mentally ill. This is, this isn't a, a self-help, you know, um, podcast. This is a podcast that, that that shines a light on 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 a true experience of how, you know, because because here's the thing, Jonathan. Like mental illness, you don't see that dark. You don't. You only see black. And if anything, this is a living testament proof that 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 there is a, a light, and not that there's just a light. There's a light with plenty of impact that you may never have ever seen before so i just want to say thank you jonathan and 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 i want to head to the fun part of the podcast well the podcast is fun but like this is my favorite part of the show so are you ready for the fireball segment fireball are fire you away are you ready for it it's a one um, minute number oh okay, okay it's rapid fire all right yes fast. it's a one minute timer i'm just gonna put on and uh this is just gonna be like a like a fun part of the show i like to do okay yes are you ready good. Yep. All right. All right. Three, two. Who is your favorite role model? My dad. If you could relive one day, what would it be? Day? Yes. Oof. Uh, the day that I met and surprised my roommate in Amsterdam, October of 2019. Wow. Proudest achievement? Oh, man. Um, Becoming a distinguished Toastmaster uh, took a long time, and it's probably the, the most important personal development that I've ever done in my life. Artist that inspires you. Yo, so many. I'm going to just call him out because I heard him in the last podcast. Ash, I <laughs> love, yo, I love Ash's music. <laughs> Ash is sick, man. Light, yeah. Worlds Apart, Beau Soleil. Yo, Beau Soleil, it's in my heart forever. <laughs> yeah, my, you, you, you will meet him soon. Favorite movie? I hope so, man. Uh, Gladiator. Favorite quote? You can't change the destination of your life overnight, but you can change the direction. That's Jim Rohn. I love that. And that is it. That was fun. Uh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> shout out my dad. Shout out Ash. Shout out Ian. Yeah. Wow. Shout out Amsterdam. <laughs> when you could travel. Nah, I actually love the fact that you uh, you're very specific on 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 on, uh, on people and you know knowing you for 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 the while that I have, uh, I I think that one thing that that's just a personal thing I want to point out is you you do choose friends um, who you truly respect. Um, it, it's very obvious in the way you talk about them. It's very obvious in the way you you carry them and the way you lift them in your words. And I think that if anything, guys, it shows that 
um, that this is what true strength is, and 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 I'd love you to comment on that before we hop into the next the next segment of our of our show. There was a Nipsey. I mean, Instagram ain't all bad. I saw a Nipsey hustle quote before he uh, passed away, and it said, um, "You got to ask yourself: Is the people you surround yourself with are they a circle, or are they a cage?" Do they inspire you to do more and be more and have more, or do they hold you back? Um, there's a, okay. there's a. It's very common in in behavior with with crabs. If you catch a bunch of crabs in a basket, mm. uh, like lo- you know lobster fishing, crab fishing, and you catch them in a basket, and one of them tries to climb up the side and get out, the reason why they don't need the top to be closed is because the other crabs grab them, cut their legs off, and pull them back down. Oh my God. And uh, I just, I just know that the fastest path to being the man that I've always wanted to be is to surround myself with people that already have all of those qualities. Um, and uh, that's, that's a conscious decision I've made. I love how you said that it's a conscious decision that you made, because this is a conscious decision that everyone walking out of this show can make starting today. Um, wow. I think that was like, holy shit moment right there, but (laughs) (laughs) all right. Uh, (laughs) This is the reflection segment. Um, Jonathan Andrews, if you could go back in time, what would you tell your 10, 11, 12 year old Jonathan Andrews? What's one thing you would tell him that little boy that wants to be the best damn thing in the world? Shit. 10, 11, 12 year old. I would, I would tell him to learn as much as you can about fitness and nutrition. And I would be very, I would, I would tell him to learn about how to take care of your body. Um, you know, because I was doing all those things like exercising and eating healthy and things like that but not because I knew it was what was good for me because I just grew up. I was really lucky to have parents that that were very supportive. My parents, I think if kids today uh, had the amount of energy, which a lot of them do had the amount of energy that I had when I was that age, they would put me on amphetamines and ADHD medication if I, if I was born today, but instead my parents put me in gymnastics. And so I started training, um, you know, five hours a day. And obviously that pooped me out. And so I would have, I would have said consciously learn as much as you can about nutrition and fitness, because if, if you take care of that, your mental health will, will not, it's not, that's not all of it, but it is a big, 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 big part of it. Um, when I went into high school and I stopped playing sports and I stopped eating whole foods and I was eating sugar and crap, my energy tanked, uh, my mood tanked, mm. It's, it's important to know our nature yeah. and our, our nature is to eat as close to nature as possible. And I wasn't doing that. It's very, <laughs> it's, it's almost like a duh, but that's what we need sometimes <laughs> right? to, to listen to it. Like we need sometimes to be said, we need to be told that these things, because they aren't just as common sense isn't as common anymore. I, well, I believe so. <laughs> um, all right. This is the legacy segment. This is the final segment of our episodes. Do it. Um, Jonathan, in a hundred years time, what would be actually, if you were a hundred years old, you're a hundred years old right now, what would be the title of your book 
and who would you choose to write the foreword for your book? If you had anyone in the world you would choose to write your foreword in the book, wow. who would it be? Alive or dead, or do they have to be alive? Alive or dead, my friend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it simple because like it's true to my heart. And I would say the foreword would be written by my roommate and best friend. I don't actually know if he's right. I don't know if he's inside right now, but he's he's there at some point. Uh, Ian Gabriel is my roommate and best friend. I don't know if you're going to use the video, but I just got a tattoo that says till the end. Wow. And uh, it's a mantra and reminder that we use constantly that you're never alone. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I would I would have him write the foreword and the, the title of the book. Is that I, a tattoo? Yeah. yeah. Till the end, man. <laughs> would you, would you actually write the book till the end, right? What would you call the book? Maybe not. Let's say. It's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's, it sounds cliche and trite, but I would say just like live your truth. And uh, like I said, very cliche, live your truth. But I just find that like myself for so long was living based off what I thought I was supposed to do versus what I actually wanted. And a lot of the times I knew what I wanted to do, but wasn't doing those things because I knew it wasn't what everyone else and wasn't what my parents wanted me to do. Um, I just made a decision with my roommate to go travel. And virtually all of our friends have been like, but what about all the things you're going to have to sacrifice? What about all the money you could make? What about all the network you could develop? What about all of the, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I want to travel, man. And that's what I want. That's what my heart's telling me to do. And and so yeah, I'm going to Everyone's going to tell that. you something that isn't like the only voice that truly, truly matters for you to listen to. And that's not out of arrogance or whatever. Um, it's, 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 it's great to listen to all the voices that, tell you to do things but i get good advice all the time yeah so but at the end of the day you need to be <laughs> able to have your voice and you need to be able to filter the the the, the 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 voices that add and filter out the voices that subtract and unfortunately it's so hard to, to do that sometimes it's so hard to know who's really adding and taking away and, and that's that, that's what brings me to this, you know, thing around what you said before, which is be around the right people. Because imagine if those voices are a net sum negative, you know, yeah. that would be, that would, that would, that would hurt. So it's destructive. Yeah. You're either growing or you're dying. <laughs> that's a fact. You don't, you don't stay still. Yeah. And, and so working on having positive influences is super important. So I think, yeah, I just, I, I want to, I want to do what I want with the people that I want to do it with for as long as I want to do that thing. And if I don't want to do it anymore, then I'll do something different. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. This has been a very, very, very cool conversation. It's very insightful. It's, fun, it's, it's very fun. And um, I definitely know this is, uh, you know, this has helped me personally know a little bit more, uh, get get clearer at least on, on my truth. So thank you so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Thank you, bro. I love you, man. <laughs> love you too, buddy. Easy. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Jonathan Andrews. Actually, nah, for real. This was a really close friend of mine. And it's funny because I wish I'd say that when we're out at Jack Astor's having a burger or, 
you know, eating out, dining out, we have a different style of conversation. We literally have the same tone, same everything. Jonathan is incredible guy. Um, very good at giving advice and very good at articulating and storytelling. And I think that, you know, for us young people, we need to be able to be um, storytellers to really convey a message very well said. And sometimes it just has to come from your heart, um, touching all six, seven senses, whatever you feel you have to be able to communicate in a manner that touches the person in front of you. And Jonathan does that superbly. So just want to give him some kudos. And um, that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We spoke a lot on taking ownership and really um, feeling that safe spaces are quite important choosing the right people and so many other things um just want to say thank you jonathan for being very 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 open about your experiences and uh please make sure to give the show a rating and a, and a review on apple Podcasts because i really believe that the more we can um share our experiences the more this show can reach more people and it can benefit more people so with that being said thank you so much for joining us this week on empathy always wins I'm your host, Ali Salama, or Ali Salama in Arabic. We'll be making sure seeing you next week. New episodes every Sunday, and this is Empathy Always Wins. In life and in business, I'd like to leave you with one message. Empathy, true empathy and vulnerability from the core that always wins.